Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Good morning, everybody. We just all throw open wide the doors of the locker room and we invite you in. You know, the good thing about the locker room, the locker room is the place of congregation. It's a men of like-minded business coming together. And of course, we always enjoy when um, the ladies come in, too, to have a little discussion and conversation. It's a, a fat guy Friday. By golly, you got to love it. I thank God Almighty for the joy of doing this show, for the pleasure of coming to you guys and you guys participating and listening and being a part of this show. Um, we're talking, you know, as I always used to say with Chalooch back in the day, you know, what's not to like about this job? I hang out with my best friend of 41 years, you know, talking about my favorite team and my favorite sport, uh, usually eating some free food, and you get paid for it. What's not to like, man? What a blessing this is. So, indeed, I'm so glad everybody's here. We got Ninja Tom is in the house. Yeah, that's right. You know, those ninjas, they sneak up on you. You got to watch out. If you're not prepared, all of a sudden, boom, they're on you and you don't know it. So we got Ninja Tom in the house, and we're waiting a little bit. Max is getting uh, his equipment all together and, and getting ready to join us. He'll be here at some point in time. But you are in the locker room, and I am, you know, really excited because if you go to Steelers.com, they got some great stuff there. And one of the things that I love is a great article by Teresa Varley, who's a great writer. Teresa does such a fine job. You know, she's just a she just does a great job of interviewing guys, writing stories, and doing uh, just terrific stuff over there. It, she really captured um, the spirit of, uh, of of the locker room with an article about Joe Hayden. And Max, did you get a chance to read Teresa Varley's article there? I did. I did. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I think that's one of the great things, you know, like you were talking about, you know, when you have such a good writer and, you know, I've been blessed to know Teresa for, you know, what, 17 years now. <laughs> um, 
and 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 she does such a great job when it comes to writing pieces. Like when you want the the snapshot into somebody's right, life, right. You you call Teresa, and <laughs> and, and she delivers the goods. Um, you know, she she's just dynamite um, with writing these type of articles. And I already like Joe Hayden. You know, yep. to be told because because he's a Gator. So you know, <laughs> I already have my own. Now, now explain. You're a Gator, you too. Okay, so everybody knows we have to talk yeah. simplicity type stuff here because of I'm I'm here. <laughs> you know, so yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Oh, by exactly. the way, yes. Uh, jo- Joseph Hayden went to the University of Florida back in the year of our Lord. Now, <laughs> <laughs> excellent, Max. You yeah. know, I got to tell you because she talks about Joe, and Joe was talking about football. And this is the, the beauty of it. You know, Joe in his 12th year, he loves football. You know, he loves being a part of something bigger than himself, as you and I both did. This was something that we both loved. But he also talks about the haven that is the locker room and missing. That's going to be the biggest thing he misses when he leaves the game is the locker room because it's an interchange of cross-cultural everything. You know, no, it's like I say, you know what? Nobody cares about, you know, what what you believe, what you don't believe, what your color is, what your 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 you know where you come from or whatever. When you're in the huddle, when you're in that locker room, um, it's all about you together as a team, and it's a great great experience, is it not, my friend? Well, I I think it is, and you know, and Joe, over his years, has talked to a bunch of guys, and. I think he also understands, you know, when you when you hear it from other for, when you hear from former players about what do they miss most about the game, right? It's the locker room. Yes. It's that camaraderie. It is that democracy. It is it is that refuge place, um, because it, I mean it, it is almost like going to the bazaar, right? Or 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 some huge marketplace. It, no, it can be bizarre in and of itself, can yeah. it not? Yes, yes. I was referring to a bazaar, not bizarre, but yeah, it's is one and of the same. But I think that's the kind of thing you know where this mar- it's a marketplace of human beings. You can find every type, you know, as far as. You know, guys, what their interests are, what their hobbies are, what their likes, their dislikes, you know, family backgrounds, like you said, religious backgrounds, um, everything you can think of, you know, and, and but it's a beautiful place because come one, come all, everybody, everybody's welcome under the big top that is you know, right. the NFL locker room. And, and that that's the beauty of it. And, and, and for a lot of us, I mean, we, we talk about that, Wolf, like. That's something that you you truly miss because there's nowhere else in life that you will have the gathering of such a collection of souls in one place. And and and, and you know, he, l- listening to Joe, you know, he's talked to guys and he also, but he understands how important that is. And he's he's now in the position where he's enjoying it because he sees it. Right. And it's it's a different, you know, it's different when your eyes are open to it and you still get to be a part of it, right? Yes. A lot of us find out after we leave how yes. important it was. <laughs> um, and, you, and, and, then, and then you're kind of searching, you're kind of looking because you can't find it anywhere else. And, um, you know, but, but he doesn't take it for granted. I think, you know, when we look in the article, you know, you know, he describes just kind of 
that camaraderie. He loves the team and and just, his, you know, his life experience. He's always smiling because, you know, once again, tomorrow's never promised. Right. So he he understands about, hey, when I'm walking in the garden, I can bend down and smell a rose on my path. I'm not stopping and staring at it, admiring it, <laughs> but I can smell the rose along the way. I can take in the fragrances as I'm walking through. I just can't dwell on them because I am consistently trying to move up the path. No question about it. You know, again, I refer to the article, and this is what Teresa wrote. This is quoting Joe Hayden. I love the camaraderie. I love the locker room. I love being in there with all these different dudes. There is no place you can be with so many different people, different religions, different ethnic backgrounds, guys from single-family homes, or guys that had the parents growing up. It's just a place where everybody's coming together for a common goal. When you have that type of bond, it's a brotherhood. That you can't really get anywhere else. I think when I get out of the league, this is what I'm going to miss the most, that locker room. You can't make it up with anything else. You know, the thing about it is, Max, and what I love, back in the the, the Three Rivers locker room, we used to have a, a sign on all the walls that said, what you see here, what you say here, what you do here stays here when you leave here. And that was really a, a sincere reminder to everybody about the sanctity of the locker room because it is a melting pot of all types, and you do come together in one common goal, one common bond. And I've never experienced any sort of bonding like that with a group of guys, you know, outside of that locker room is it, that sort of depth, you know, where you blood, sweat, and tears. It starts in training camp as you go to camp and you, you're away from your family, from your, the things you know the, 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 the things of life that you're so comfortable with, with at home. But you're with that group of guys and that bonding starts and that locker room starts in training camp and it, it forges through the blood, sweat, and tears, through the journey of that season as you refer to every, every guy as a silo in a way. But at the same time, there's a coming together of all of them and it's an experience that, you know, I wish more people could experience that. There would be a lot less of the problems we see today. Yeah. I mean, you know, that that's the beauty of team sports, right? Well, yeah. I mean, when you have that opportunity to work with someone you might not necessarily ordinarily come into contact with and you guys find that common ground, that, there's the compromise, right? Yep. You automatically have to compromise <laughs> to – in order to achieve your goals because you both have a similar goal. You're completely different people, but you have the same goal in mind. And I think that's the beautiful thing about it. And that's why, you know, a lot of leaders are built from team sports because those principles apply across all spectrums later in life. And they're common traits that you can, that, that you can identify with when you're talking about leadership and, and, and team sports, when you become, you know, a leader in the locker room, that's the same as a leader of a company or, or a regional vice president of a company, right? Somebody who's in charge of leading other groups of people. Like, those things carry over. The perseverance, the vision, right? Mm -hmm. All of these things are important. And, you know, the other thing I, I, I love to hear about, Joe, was – you know how he talked about Coach Tomlin, right? Oh yeah, I thought yeah. that was awesome. Hey, hey, you know he said he said I love Coach Tomlin to death. Yes, you know I can't even. He's my favorite coach I've ever played for in my entire life, and I'm not just saying that because I'm here. He's just a leader of men. Those team meetings, 
I sit in those team meetings, and I can't wait for him to start talking. Anything he says, he just delivers a great message. And I think that's wonderful because I think, you know, we've kind of taken that for granted as Steelers fans, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, when you've only had, what, three head coaches since 1970, um, you can get a little spoiled about having someone for so long. But it truly is a blessing because when you think about how many coaches he went through in Cleveland yeah. <laughs> in the first half of his career. Yeah. Now, I want to say he went through four. No, uh, he and, said, you know, I had six different head coaches, six different position coaches. He said there was a lot of change. Yeah, I would say so, six. wouldn't you say? Yeah, I was just thinking, I was like, I was like, he, I thought he had one coach for two years. Okay, well, I guess, hey, well, there it is. <laughs> hey, you know what? Math is always my, well, it's a poor, hey, you know, it's listen, one of my but, poorest but, subjects. But you read real good, so you're <laughs> all right, okay? Um, but I, but I, think, I think that that, that speaks volumes. Um, because he also, you know, he also had the Urban Myers of the world when he won his national championship in college. Right, right. And so he's been around great, successful coaches. So to hear that a 12-year pro say that about Mike Thomas, uh, Mike Tomlin, that that that's one of the things I think that sticks out and says we got a pretty good thing here, you know. And and, and absolutely, we all take it for granted at times when you've had a coach that's been here as long as Mike T has. In his tenure, everybody wants to see something new. But the grass is not always greener, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. I can tell you that. And you heard this from Joe Hayden, a top-notch player, about how much he loves his coach and the, and the message that he delivers. He's a leader of men. I think that is also profound and powerful to hear that from Joe Hayden. And once again, Teresa gets the juice, right? Yep. She's going she's gonna <laughs> to give it. it to you. You know, and, and I think I think that was that was refreshing to read on a Friday, right? And think about this: this was a team two weeks ago that was one and three. Well, what what was the difference? Consistency in the message, right? right? Exactly. So, circling the wagons, getting guys to continually stay together and not splinter. And then now you look at the you look at six games. We're three and three. And, you know, we have, we have a bye and we have a good challenge and coming ahead. But isn't it great that things are starting to, to narrow and focus and hit a channel where everybody's funneling through it? That's a great thing because the season always starts out wide. And you don't know, okay, when is the buy-in, right? Because you, yep. you have 53 different people walking in line side by side. But as you get through the season, if you're a good team, that line starts to narrow. You know, one to two people now leading and everybody falling a rank and file and following that path. Right. I think we're seeing that narrowing now. And it's a great time to see that um, with this team because it's going to be a battle after this bye. But that was a feel-good Friday. And, you know, what Joe said, I think, as being one of those leaders, it matters. It matters you know, for everybody and get a chance to read it. Go read uh, Teresa's article. I think it's great. You know, our Joe's already one, 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 of, one of my guys, but yep. you know, it, cause it, it you're makes, gators. It I know, I know exactly. Cause we're <laughs> gators, 
Go Gators. Go on Gators. A Friday, we, we, need a vi- we need a victory. Oh, that's right. We're on a bye as well because we, we play the 30th. We play University of Georgia. But uh, not right. that you want my college schedule. No, no, we don't. <laughs> we don't. But, you know, I, I love what you said about it, and I love the fact that Joe Hayden has the – how do we say it? You know, the, the ability to speak up, speak his mind, and what he really thinks. You know, I, I feel the same way about Chuck Knoll. Chuck Knoll changes – trajectory of my life you know meeting coach Noel and uh, working with him for a decade that was it was special man you know and he was a great man and a great leader and that's a commonality amongst the great coaches because if you and like Mike Tom Mike Tomlin wears leadership like water wears wet you know I mean it's just a part of who you are you can't give that to anybody. You can't make somebody a leader. You can't make somebody come up and say, I'm a leader. No, it just it's a it's organic. It arises and, and men just have it or they don't have it. You know, one of the things in my time was uh, you know, the leadership of a Joe Green. <laughs> Joe Green was a leader amongst leaders, you know. And then there were other various leaders that were part of it, whether it's a Mike Webster who he didn't talk much, but he led by his his his, uh, his walk. You know, I mean, he backed up everything that you would expect anybody could have of of a great player like that. And you know, that's just something that's part and parcel of, of guys that emerge from the team. But again, what I love about it is the coming together in the locker room, which is a safe place, a safe haven for everybody to be able to express their views and their thoughts and everything like that. Um, you know, that's. That's what I love. I thought Teresa really captured the whole article about it and also the joy and attitude that our man uh, Joe Hayden brings because guys like Joe Hayden, as you know, in a locker room, you got yourself the multipliers, the dividers. You got the adders, you got the subtractors. You got the energy bringers, and you got the energy vampires. You have all these guys that are in that locker room together, and they emerge as you move along and you see, and you want to make sure that you get more multipliers and, and adders and uh, energy bringers, and you minimize the others because that's detrimental to the group effort moving forward. And I, uh, you know, I just thought that was a great example and wanted to highlight this morning for people that maybe have not had the, the, the joy and experience of playing team sports, of experiencing what a locker room means to be able to grow as an individual, grow as a team, and to have that bonding of love amongst uh, teammates, you know, that you, you, you really have that will last a lifetime. Well, and, and, and you truly have people who are, in, you know, that love each other and that care for each other. It right. builds a lifetime bond and a brotherhood of people that normally would not come together. But you are together. You're linked for life. And uh, it's a beautiful thing, you know, even just thinking about, you know, what ha- what happened Sunday night, seeing Troy, right, right. Seeing, seeing Coach Cower, seeing Kiesel and James and, 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 and Mike Logan and Hokey up in the, the, the right, booth, right. you know, enjoying the suite as I'm freezing my fingers off. <laughs> you know, but, you know, but when I look at them, I, I smile because I'm like, yep, those are my brothers. We're linked forever. Yeah. No matter what happens. No question about it. Okay, we got more coming up because I believe the big G, Bruce Gradkowski, is going to check into the locker room next. We'll be back with more. Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, 
planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. With Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Oh, I love it. Mountain, you got it. Oh, man. You got to love that heavy guitar, man. Just just rocking. And that's it. Oh, that's, and it's strum, a chubby man up front. That's for sure. <laughs> that's right. Must be Crisco. <laughs> <laughs> it's Fat Guy Friday, and we're all shaking it out. Just being, just being out and about, enjoying it is just—it's exciting. Life is a gift. We're just burning some calories. Yeah, that's right. Some calories. That's all. That's all. <laughs> that's, baby. All, that's all. The, that's all. That, that's all the big man wants to do. I just want to burn some calories, guys. <laughs> Get me out front. Let me strut. Yeah. Let me sing. <laughs> Let me just, just exercise all of this that is me. That's oh, all I'm trying to man. do. I love it. Well, <laughs> let's bring in the big G, Bruce Gredkowski, former Steelers quarterback and a uh, great friend of the show, a uh, guy that we love dearly. Bruce, how you doing, brother? Man, I'm good. You know, that's the thing that's, the thing that's wrong with you big guys. You're just trying to burn those calories. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, you know what happens when it gets a little cooler, BG. You know, go ahead. That's why I always love going out to eat with the offensive line because I knew I'd eat well with the big yeah. guys. So, Never fear. You will never be lacking for caloric uh, po- options. Uh, opportunities, yes, when you hang out with the hogs. That's for sure. Yeah. We're, we're, hey, we're not eating salads. We're not foraging like bunny rabbits over here. Indeed. I love it. All right, BG, what let me ask you something. You look around the AFC North. Um, you know, you got the, the Ravens in at five and one. We got the Cincinnati Bengals sitting at four and two, the Browns uh, you know, four and three, and the Steelers three and three here. Uh what are you thinking as you look right now this deep into the season? How's it this uh AFC North shaking out in your mind? Well, you know, surprising in 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 a, in a sense, you know, I mean, I was at Bengals training camp this year with NFL Radio talking to Joe Burrow, and you know, you, you just love being around Burrow. You, you, I love what he, you know, was saying. I love his demeanor, his his just mentality, and you could tell it resonates through the locker room. And I was thinking at the time too, like, man, I, I kind of like the acquisition acquisitions they they made this off season, but I'm like, man, I don't know if the Bengals are going to compete this year. And then, man, they've been competing each and every week. And, you know, it's it, it's just cool to see in a sense. But now that makes that division that much tougher. You know, the Ravens, with how they've overcome some injuries, and now they're sitting at 5-1. and one. Uh, And then the Browns, you know, a big win last night, overcoming some injuries, Case Keenum filling in. So, I mean, that's you guys know. I mean, that's how the, the season unfolds. you got to find a way to get through some adversity. Now, the great thing about it is, 
it's still early in the season for the Steelers. I mean, if, if you look at it in a sense like that, so it's still early in the season. I think the Steelers got a lot of good things uh, in front of them. You know, they got the bye week this week. They're going to rest up, come back. And then you got a huge division game. So you just take one set at a time, and it's the Browns. You got the Browns in Cleveland, and you got you have to get that one. And I think then the next two are very winnable games against the Bears and the Lions until you get into more uh, division showdown, you know, later in the season. So you still have the Browns twice. You still have the Ravens twice. So the division is still wide open, I think, uh, in, in my eyes. Yeah, Bruce. And, and, I mean, and looking at last night, I mean, you know, no Baker, no Kareem Hunt, no Nick Chubb. And this team kind of gutted out a win against a very good, you know, Broncos team. I mean, we saw them just a couple weeks ago, and, you know, they almost did the same thing where they tried to pull off the late heroics. I mean, can you just talk about just, you know, what, what the Browns are, are looking at? You know, what, what do you see as potentially, you know, the health coming into this game, coming up against the Steelers? Because, you know, that's a challenge. I mean, Dearness Johnson, listen, he, he was wow. – running angry and mad the entire game and would not be stopped. Uh, You know, just kind of talk about what you saw from that Brown squad. Yeah, I mean, it it was just – it was an impressive win. Um, I think, you know, Dearness Johnson getting the opportunity, and you could tell that's that's the way he ran, right? You know, uh, with his first given opportunity in regular season, Thursday night football, prime time, under the lights, and he showcased what he can do. You know, I mean, uh, very good back, puts a foot in the ground, and gets north and south. And, and it just shows it, it's a testament to the Browns' offense. So the offensive lines are beat up up front a little bit, and they were still able to get things going. Uh, I think Kevin Stefanski and his relationship with Case Keenum, you know, that was a seamless transition. I think Case Keenum did his job, did his part to get the Brown, help the Browns get their win. Um, so it was a huge win with everything the Browns were facing a quick week. It was nice, pretty nice for them to get this win. Uh, and they needed it with everything going on. And, you know, and I just go back to that case Keenum and Kevin Stefanski, you know, I think Stefanski does a really good job calling plays. He set his quarterback up to get him in a rhythm, you know, play action pass bootlegs, moving the pocket around screen game, a lot of things to help get a quarterback comfortable and the Browns did that last night, and that's why they were able to get the win. You know, I thought Case Keenum was just terrific. You know, you think about a guy pressed into uh, yeoman's duty on short notice. You know, you got the the Baker out there uh, obviously having issues with the, the injury. So, you know, you're not getting a lot of reps. Bruce, what's it like to go into a nationally televised game on a short week as a starting quarterback, when maybe you're not getting many reps with the ones, absolutely, and even not, yeah. <laughs> you know, not not near enough that you'd want to feel comfortable. Talk a little bit about right. what Case Keenum was facing going into this game. Yeah, no, you, I mean you're spot on. I mean, and that's the truth. Case Keenum didn't get a lot of reps this week because you know a short week, um, but you know he's a veteran. He's been in this offense before in Minnesota with Kevin Stefanski. So he understands what they're looking for and what they're looking, what they need out of that quarterback position. And, you know, he displayed that last night. I mean, I think aside from, you know, one forced throw down the left sideline, um, that was kind of like in harm's way. Other than that, he played a pretty clean football game. And, and the Browns overall, they played pretty clean. You know, I mean, I think they weren't really, you know, behind the chains much. They could run the football. 
it was just a really friendly game for a quarterback to be a part of uh, in case Keenum did his job. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. I mean, you know, that's one of the things. I think, you know, when I look around the entire NFL, uh, BG, uh, I think the AFC North and for a lesser degree, probably the AFC West and the NFC, I think those are probably what the three – but I think the AFC North is still the cl- the tightest of the of the teams and divisions as far as how close teams are. Like nobody is no more than two games apart. Um, you know, would you agree with that? And then when you look around, I mean, what other division uh, would you say is hotly contested, tightly contested um, in the NFL like the AFC North? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the AFC North has always been one of the best and most physical divisions in football. You know, the AFC West with the Chargers, Raiders. I mean, it's just crazy how the season's unfolding. We never thought the Chiefs would be sitting in third place in their division right now. Yeah. Uh, so that's yeah. interesting. And, and you don't expect them to sit there either. I mean, they're going to make a run. I mean, that's why the Raiders, the Chargers, they have to win the games that they can in the upcoming weeks to try to stay ahead of that. The thing that's intriguing, too, just looking around the league, is in the NFC. I mean, you look at, you know, the Cardinals six and zero, Green Bay's five and one, Dallas is five and one, Tampa's five and one, um, the Rams are five and one. So there's a lot of good football teams at the top of that division. So that'll be interesting once you're talking about playoff time when that comes around. You know, the AFC. There's still a lot of guys. You know, the Ravens are leading it, being five and one. Then there's a bunch of four and two teams. You know, three and three. I mean, so it, it's still pretty wide open in the AFC, I would think. Um, but that that kind of intrigued me this this morning talking about it. Just the NFC, just kind of how you know we got some top teams over there, and it's going to be tough for guys to make a playoff run. You know, I I, I probably you know missed it. I <laughs> the whole thing about Dearness Johnson. I was not ready to watch Dearness Johnson go out there and roll for a hundred plus yards. You you think yeah. about it. You got Nick Chubb. You got Kareem Hunt. And now all of a sudden they roll out this guy, and this guy does a great job of of toting that pigskin, man. And I was like, that one, when he cut backside and you got the end man on the line was sitting there waiting on him, and he does a double jump cut like a uh, yeah. Olympic gold medal skier going through the gate somewhere. I mean, yeah. he, he jump cuts to the inside, then the outside. I'm like going, get Zooks, did you see that? Yeah. No, heck, heck yeah, that's. You know, that's why I was just watching him. He's such a smooth runner. And, you know, you could tell a good football player. I'm glad it played out that way for him last night. And it's just the Cleveland Browns offense and their scheme fits him perfectly. You know, you yeah. talked about that cutback. And then, you know, he, he's following his line. All of a sudden, he gets that crease. He puts in a, a foot in the ground. And he cuts back. And then, boom, boom, he needs to make one more guy miss to make it an explosive play. And he did that. You know, and I, I just love his story, too. I mean, a guy, you know, looking for an opportunity. You know, it's, it's out there today with the AAF. He was trying to uh, DM every every ball club out there to try mm. to get a tryout and, and things of that sort. So I always love seeing guys that yeah. continue to persevere, chase what they're passionate about, because then at the end of the day, you'll be successful that if that's what you're doing. If you want it bad enough, you'll find a way to make it happen. And he just so happened to get a great opportunity on a good football team with a good line, and that just 
you know, it, you know, could could show what he he can do, and he, he did it last night on prime time. So not only was that good for him and the Cleveland Browns, it's good for him his career and every other team that was watching last night. Now all of a sudden they made a note and put him on his board. Yeah. So now not only was he trying to get in the AAF, but now he's going to have many opportunities going forward in the NFL. So I think it was a really good job by him last night. Auditions galore every time. Hey, <laughs> next man up, right? <laughs> every time you get a chance to step, step on the scene, I mean, you, you you put your foot out there. And I thought that was also, you know, as a Steeler, right, that makes you nervous, right? Because you, ho- you wanted them to falter a little bit, right? You wanted them to seem lost without their top two backs because they had right. a killer one-two punch in Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And you're like, they still got one. They found one. I don't know where they found it, but they found him. <laughs> They mm-hmm. found that diamond in the rough, so it's like it's going to be a challenge because I think, you know, when you look at Case Keenum and, 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 and what he's done, right, you know, when he was in Minnesota, pretty good run game, and, and, and he had some pretty good targets to throw to. Well, same can be said for this Cleveland Brown squad, so he's going into a comfort zone, whereas when he left there initially trying to figure out where he was going to go, he, he kind of stumbled a little bit because you thought, hey, he's going to be the starting quarterback that's going to take off. It never did. But the run game always solidifies, and you can speak to this, BG, you know, it, that solidifies a quarterback because it knows that you can disseminate the responsibility of yards gained when you have a competent running back in the backfield. And that makes your job easier. And now you get to focus on the bigger picture stuff because you know you can handle the smaller, more ancillary things with a running back, right? We got two to three. I have yep. two options. I can run it or I can pass it. It's not like oh, my God, every time we're in third down, I must make the play. Um, you know, you have flexibility within your offense, and your offensive line is good enough to give you time to throw but also open up holes for that running back. No, for sure. When the running game's going, man, it makes the QB's job so much easier, and that's why it was just perfect for Case Keenum in last night's game because they could do it. They were hitting on all cylinders. So all of a sudden you run the football well, you could play extra pass. You could bootleg, and it kind of all worked well together. Uh, and it was pretty cool to see last night. And you know, and I think too, it just shows though the Broncos aren't as good as we thought. You know, and it's disappointing. I mean, Vic Fangio's on the hot seat. Right. Um, that defense is, has been struggling, but offensively, man, they couldn't get anything going till later on. Uh, so it's just tough over there. You know, it's tough sledding right now, and uh, we'll see where it ends up. But yeah, I'm with you that, you know, it would have been nice to see maybe the Browns falter a little bit to, you know, <laughs> just just be, you know, one, one last thing we got to worry about in the division. But, hey, it's nothing we're, uh, we're not used to having to fight in that AFC North. You know, the one thing I will say, Miles Garrett is a tremendous player. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. you just watch him. I'm like going, you know, I'd hate to be a quarterback and have that guy chasing after me because – all, you know, forget everything that occurred, you know, uh, a couple of years ago. Um, the fact is he is still a superb defensive performer. He is still someone who is a game changer and can change the game at any given moment. Absolutely. I mean, and he, he, you know, he, he displayed that. How about him, too, coming out talking about every time he wears no sleeves, he gets drug tested. <laughs> 
the next day. You know, I, I said, "Whoopie, that's probably like that's probably the guns you're carrying around. The, what your arms look like with no sleeves on." So, uh, not anymore, brother. Man days, those oh. world's strongest man days. Oh, they were. Oh man, Wolf is carrying refrigerators across the parking lot for fun. <laughs> oh, those were the days, my friend. Oh, uh, they're uh, long in the rearview mirror, too. <laughs> but, you know, you look at this and just wrapping this up, Bruce, um, when you see the Baltimore Ravens, are they the team to beat? I mean, you've seen this, the Bengals up close and the Ravens yeah. um, for the Steelers. They're, I, you think they're, they are the, the, the rock you got to climb? Yeah, I would think so for right now. Um, you know, and, and this gonna be, that's why the, the, the Bengals have a, a – Great opportunity this weekend, you know, because that's what they see as well. Is you got to get through the Ravens right now because they are on top of the AFC North. Right. Now, like I said, there's still a lot of time left. The, Ra- the the Steelers still have not played the Browns twice and the Ravens twice, so there's a lot of good football left to play at AFC North. Everything is still on the table, um, so no need to panic in that sense. You just can't get caught too far behind. And you got to win the games you can, so you could get to those big matchups in the in the uh, AFC North. Real quick before we let you go, when you were in Cincinnati, did you eat any chili? Huh? Did you go out there? Did you have a little no, chili I, in there? I, di- I didn't. You know. I, <laughs> Come I, on, what's the matter I, with you, I Bruce? Know, is it chili in the first place? Is it chili in the first place? <laughs> that, that, that's the debate. That is. It the doesn't debate. have that's beans and it has cinnamon and sugar in it. Come on. <laughs> So I trusted my wife's chili instead. So I just stayed home and ate there we go. Her, her chili. Thanks, so. thanks, thanks, All right. Thank you, Bruce, thank, Bruce you, thank you so much, brother. We appreciate you. That's Bruce Gradkowski. Join us in the locker room here. Okay, we'll be back with more Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room right here on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. You know, nothing says Fat Guy Friday like meatloaf headlining, coming into a segment, man. Ninja Tom is all over it, man. He has got it going. And I'm excited. This is fun. I'm just having a great time. How can you not? You got the bye weekend. We get a chance to sit back and watch a little bit. It started last night with the Brownies beating the Denver Bronx. And I got to say, you know, one thing about that game I was so looking forward to was all the trash that Von Miller was talking up until the game. And then, you know, the dreaded, I got injured and I couldn't back up what I was going to say. That's 
That's got you know. That's why offensive linemen. We never talk. You never make that big statement. You never go into that 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 area where you're saying, you know, we're gonna wail and kick some butt and stuff like that. We keep our heads down, our mouths shut, and you keep moving forward. Do you not, Max? And, and you keep kicking butt. That, that's the other <laughs> yes. thing as well. Yes. You, you know. You know. It, you know. As they say, you know, we move like a herd. Hey, you, <laughs> I've never seen somebody say, you know what? I want to run in front of a stampede, you know, yet. Now, granted, there are the Spaniards that make it a little bit difficult to say right. put that statement with, Over, they run yep. with the Bulls. Pamplona, but, Spain. Yep. Yeah. But but you always see somebody getting tossed. Now, you when, know, yes, exactly. OK, wait a minute. Yeah. All right. Now <laughs> you've, you've stimulated something here. You're one of those world traveling guys. I mean, I've seen you in, yeah. in, in France and other places. You're, you know, all over the place. So would you ever go to Pamplona, Spain and run with the Bulls? Absolutely not. I'll go watch those idiots run with the Bulls. Um, I'm with hey, you, baby. There's a sideline for a reason, Wolf. That's why I'm on the sidelines. I'm no longer playing in the field. I have zero desire. Because me and the Bulls share something in common. What's that? We want you to get out of our way. <laughs> right? And I respect that because I see that in me and him as well. I'm not going to divert him because here's the thing. You mess with the bull, you get the horns, okay? <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> Apparently, they never learned that. And wearing a red scarf is not going to help you run any faster. And wearing all white is not going to help you run faster. It's not lightning, right? right. I, there's many a big boys you see that start, and then what do they do? They hit a hard out route, about a five-yard out. And they jump their behinds over the, over the gate because they're like, you know what? I'm not meant for this. My girl talked me into this, and no, I'm not doing it. All my buddies wanted me to do this. This is a prank. I'm not doing it. And, I mean, you see it every time, you know. And I'm like, no, I have zero desire to go run away from something that could possibly kill me. Like, that's like saying, hey, you know what? I can't wait to go to go in a snake pit, right, with all these venomous snakes. No. I can't wait to go do that. It's exciting. It's exhilarating. No, it's not. No, it's, no, not. it's not. It's, it's plumb dumb. <laughs> Max, when we were down at the Super Bowl in 010 down in Fort Worth, Dallas, all right, Tunch and I went over to um, film a thing for Steelers TV, and it was at the uh, rodeo joint down there in, in Fort Worth. They got a big rodeo indoor oh, yeah. stadium, right? So they got the guys out there, they're lassoing with the horses, and you know we're filming and talking to the guys, interviewing them. Then we got the bull riders. Now, the bull riders, these guys are smaller guys. They're about a buck 45, buck 50. I mean, they're small, but they got grips of steel and everything. So they got a Brahma bull, and they, you know, they let us sit on the back in the chute of the bull. Now, I got to tell you something. I got on this critter in the chute, and this thing is about 2,500 pounds of, of I want to kill you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want, I, and I'm sitting there in the chute, and you feel that thing like quiver in the horns, you know? And it boom, 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 and it bangs, and I'm like... This is wild, and you know, and, and you're thinking, what if accidentally that gate opened? You know, what accident? If, if that gate opened, I would be dead. I would die within three seconds. These bulls just kicking and and rearing up and everything. All of a sudden, I look down. Who's at the gate? Tunch Ilkin. He's got his hand on the on the thing that, that to pull the gate, and I go, get back from that gate, Ilkin. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> that, boy, that would have been a terrible moment for the kid here.
Yeah, you know, I mean, when I see when I see a bull, you know, all I think is, you know, cute horns, get it off my steak. You know what I'm saying? I mean, <laughs> me and him, we we have we have no problems. We have no quote unquote beef with each other. <laughs> you do you, I'll do me. You handle it over there. I'm handling it over here. It's all good. It's harmonious. I'm not trying to get on top of you to ride you. First of all, uh, the only thing I've ever been able to ride successfully is an elephant. Um, <laughs> oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. Could you imagine me on a horse? Like, that poor horse's back. I already told you the donkey story. Uh, I'm, not exactly. trying, I'm not trying to injure any other further animals. Um, you know, but a, but a, but an elephant, I felt, you know what? I can't hurt the elephant. Okay, elephant now, you got to tell the story. Humongous. You got to tell the oh, story. Yeah. Where do you run into an elephant? <laughs> Where do you so, run into an elephant? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we were we were in Africa on a safari. And um, now where in Africa? Okay, now you're piquing my interest. Yeah, we're we're in a place called Hoodsprut. It's northern South Africa. It is um, is a huge gaming preserve in northern South Africa. And uh, we stayed at this awesome resort um, that was on this private reserve. It's about I think I want to say it was like a half a million hectares of um, of land. That's this private preserve. And, you know, there's like eight lodges on this property mm. so we're staying in one of the lodges it, it, it was crazy because you're literally in the middle of the wilderness and then you have this lodge with eight hut like huts um buildings and then you have like a common like eating area right but it's open air there's no fences except for around the outer parts of the preserve so you can keep out poachers but everything is in there everything's Whoa. locked inside and you're locked in with it like we were eating oh. breakfast one morning and there was like a little pond Right, like kind of a reflection pond, and there was a lion sitting on the other side of the reflection. No pond way. Breakfast. Yes. No. no crazy. Wait a minute. Uh, what's between you and the lion? Space and opportunity. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. no. Yeah, that, that's it. That is it. So I'm sitting Neither there. Neither is I'm a eating. good enough answer for me. I got to tell you that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's not and, enough space, and and, and any. Opportunity is too much opportunity, okay? Yeah, no. But they but they have elephants on the property and you know, they've trained the elephants, they have special elephant trainers. And um so they take us and we and we did an elephant back safari. Um Wow. That had it was beautiful it, it, it was beautiful. It was probably one of the coolest experiences in my life. And, you know, my wife gets on one, I get on one. And then we have the trainers and, and, and the and the guides on the other. Um, it was about five elephants, and we're all walking, and oh we're doing goodness. this, and we're doing this awesome elephant back safari for like two and a half hours. And then it it ends. It was really cool because there's this huge like lake, right? Um, right. That's that's it. That's it on the property, and we finish at the lake. They let us off, and then the elephants just drink water at, at the lake. And then they sat us down for like a, a, a table with uh, stuff, you know, with, with like fruits and stuff. And, and we had wow. a champagne toast at the end. It, it was really beautiful. But um, but yeah, that, that was probably one of the coolest things I've ever done. But also the scariest thing, because I'm like, there's a lot of things that would want to take down the elephant. Right. And I'm just right. sitting there like a cherry on top of a sundae <laughs> on top of this elephant. So I'm like, listen, if the lions decide that this is their day, they hadn't eaten and they they fe- they're feeling froggy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there's nothing I can do at this point. But thank God there's five, right? Because that's the other thing. They can stampede. <laughs> that's and that's right. why lions wait to try and pick them off individually. 
but in a group is less likely. But it, it's one of those things that was nerve wracking. Well, the lines, none of, they all know they don't want to go on the IR if they miss. <laughs> you, know, they, you choose the you go, wrong and one. And you go on the IR out there, <laughs> it, it means somebody else is coming. The vultures are circling. <laughs> I love that. That's just a tremendous story. That's you know just the fact that uh, you're out there on an elephant riding around. I mean, that just had to be so cool. It had to feel like Tarzan, right? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh. oh yeah, yeah. King, King of the jungle. Yeah. Oh, beating your chest and everything. You're feeling good, but yeah. No, it, it was. It, but it's awesome. Yeah, that's the only thing I plan on riding. Not a bull. Not a bull. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, folks. We'll be back with the second hour of In the Locker Room. It's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas, which would be Ninja Tom sitting in today. ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. 